Victor Robles is heading into a big season for the future of his career, and that graces us with a question. Does Victor Robles remain a Washington National through the 2023 season? I'll answer that right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for baseball into the Locked On Podcast Network, and we have started the Locked On Nationals Podcast. And the Locked On Podcast Network is where you get your team every single day. And so... Now we have to get started with our team that we cover here every single day. And as I propose the question for Victor Robles, it brings up the point. Is Victor Robles a Washington National throughout the duration of the 2023 season? And that is an easy, simple question for myself. And I say absolutely not. Now, let's start with Victor Robles, because obviously this was someone who was a top 10 prospect in most baseball sites throughout the duration of the late 2010s. You check Baseball America at one point, I believe he was the number two prospect in all of baseball, a top 10 prospect on MLB Pipeline, all the different sites that you look for, for when talking about prospects or the next stars of tomorrow, Victor Robles was on that list. We sit here, it's 2023, and he hasn't lived up to it. He has not lived up to it, and it is safe to say that his window as a superstar player has closed, because that's just not what he is. Although, I will say, he was a center field gold glove finalist in 2022. He does have some value to the Nationals, and as well as really any team that you put him on. Because come deadline time, you heard some rumors last year about the Yankees possibly adding a fourth outfielder, emphasizing the defense in their team. So now we sit here with Victor Robles heading into his, what, fifth full season here with the Washington Nationals? And we just don't know what we'll be getting from him moving forward. Because you can't account on him being an offensive threat. That's not what he is. That's not the ball player that he is. You know? You're not going to sit up here and say that we need 40 home runs from Lane Thomas. Because no, that's not what he is as a player. That's not what Victor Robles is as a player. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the accountability at the plate to really take focus and learn about the different intricacies of hitting a baseball. Now, me as a slob sitting here saying all this, you may be like, well, what makes you know? I don't know. But what I can do is I can break down the numbers, and the numbers do not treat 
Victor Robles friendly whatsoever. The last three years, really, when you look at it, 2022, 2021, and 2020, it has been a tough go for it for Victor Robles. And I'm here to tell you that the time is now to trade Victor Robles. And some people may be frustrated with this take. Some people may be anxious and be like, what is the point of trading Victor Robles when we may not have a better option for him? Well, stay tuned for a couple minutes and I'll get into that, who that better option is. But now we sit here and we try to dissect of what this guy can do to help this team, especially when you're in a rebuild. What is the value of Victor Robles sitting here today compared to what it would be in about six months from now? Well, the Nationals shouldn't trade him this second. He should not be traded at all. He shouldn't even be in considerations for it. The time to trade Victor Robles is this coming deadline. When teams are calling for a defensive outfielder to help play in center field, right field, whatever it may be. When teams call for defensive outfielders, as we have seen in the past, there are teams that do value having a solid, great fourth outfielder to play center field, right field, left field, whatever it may be. That is when the value is at its highest for Victor Robles. And that is where Victor Robles thrives as a player. He is a defensive first outfielder who's not really going to hit too much. He can lay down a bunt, which is effective maybe. He can do different things. He's fast. He's got athleticism. He's decent on the base paths. He's certainly improved from his 2019 and 2020 form. But he's still not a tremendous base runner. He's still not a 40 stolen base guy. That's not what his game is. So what we have to do with Victor Robles is value him while he is here now. And with that, we already do. We stick him in center field, and he plays a solid defensive center field. Now, when you look at his stats, some may not indicate that. Like, for example, he has led the league in errors before, as he did in 2022. Now, also, he's led the outfield in assists. He's done multiple different things. He's led the outfield, or he's come in second in putouts. So, Victor Robles... He is valuable when he is when you're just looking simply at his defense. And so going into the value of Robles, how can the Nationals turn this into from a negative to a positive? Well, that's the easy question for me. That's when you potentially potentially trade Victor Robles at this deadline for whatever it may be. And I say that because we're not getting it here, and we have prospects that Victor Robles will be blocking. And that said prospect for this year specifically that we could see in the second half of 2023 is Robert Hassel III, who is also a solid, yet not a great defender the way that Victor Robles is, but a solid, good, dependable center fielder that should and could be ready by the end of 2023. So going into this year, Victor Robles' trade value will be higher than what it was these past few years because I think he's going to establish himself as one of the game's better defensive center fielders in the sport. 
And I truly mean that. And so when that time comes, the Nationals will have to capitalize on it. And while they capitalize on it and get a whatever it may be for a prospect in return, that's when you call up Robert Hassel III just a few weeks later and you get him in the majors, you get his feet wet and see what the guy can bring. That is what this year is about. Even if it's the prospect, even if it's like the 50th best prospect in an organization, that is better value than what you're getting from Victor Robles at this moment. And plus, the bigger picture example that I've come up with for this is Elijah Green, James Wood, Robert Hassel. All these guys are going to be coming up in the next few years. The last thing that I want to see is Victor Robles in a lame duck contract in a lame duck season being the one to take away innings from those guys who should be establishing themselves in the next few years in the minor leagues and then in the major leagues. Plus, there are other guys besides those. There is a Trey Lipscomb, third baseman from Tennessee. Maybe he fits out in the outfield. We don't really know because he's only been in the system for about a half season. But there are different possibilities. A Jared McKenzie, outfielder from Baylor University, who really hit in his limited time down in low A Fredericksburg. So there are different possibilities to come this year for Victor Robles. And so that's why I see the Nationals trading him at this deadline to capitalize on that value to get the most in return that you possibly can because there is value with Victor Robles when it comes to another team. If they're going to value him as a fourth outfielder and put the assets around him to actually be a solid all-around defensive player, which he is, then that adds so much value to a baseball team. It does sound a little weird for me to say because, as you know, I value offense more than I do defense. But come postseason time, it's invaluable to have a fourth outfielder that is reliable. See Michael A. Taylor in 2019. What did he do when Victor Robles got banged up in that series? Well, we stuck him in center field, and guess what he did? All he did was play a great defensive center field Added a home run in the postseason. You never know when you'll need that fourth outfielder come the postseason time. It's happened, and it's going to happen again. It 100% will. And that's when teams were in the postseason race, or maybe a team that's looking to just give Victor Robles another chance. That's when they'll call. And whatever best offer that you get for him, that's the one you take. Even if it's from the New York Mets or the Atlanta Braves or the Philadelphia Phillies, you take the best offer that you can and hope to God that you can get a close enough offer to start bouncing those off other GMs and having them raise that price tag just a little more. Because Victor Robles' time here in D.C. is most likely over with, if we're just being 100% honest. It's done. We've seen it. I respect it but it's not for me anymore. And I think the Nationals and Davey Martinez have recognized that as well as Davey Martinez has gone up to Victor Robles and said, look, this is your year. This is your year to prove yourself moving forward with just this organization. And this organization right now is one of the least talented major league rosters in all of baseball. 
So you're going to have to find your footing here, and if not here, then somewhere else. That is a harsh way to put it, but then again, it's the major leagues, and production matters on both the defensive side and the offensive side. But Victor Robles, we can find value elsewhere outside of the Washington Nationals and try to get what we can for him. I brought up Mike Rizzo a little bit in here, and I do want to get into Mike Rizzo as he kind of discussed his future in a little bit of a weird manner. And this is truly one of the first off-seasons in my mind that I feel like Mike Rizzo might not be here in the long run. I'll explain that further after I tell you guys about my friends at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Well, now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today to walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. And guys, you can thank me later. And now I hinted on the future of Mike Rizzo, the president of baseball ops here in Washington, D.C., back since 2009 when he was hired into the organization to be the general manager following a lot of scrutiny from the past destination, you could say. But Mike Rizzo discussed last week about the future with his ball club because he is going into a contract season. If you aren't aware, Mike Rizzo is set to hit the market following this season. So what does that say? That doesn't mean at game 162 after that, he's going to stop making moves and hit the free agent market and not just be here with the team. No. But then again, with the ownership situation that we're going through, with Ted Lerner being the one who hired Mike Rizzo to be here in the first place, and now with not new ownership, but with Mark Lerner running the team now, like he has the last two years, he did negotiate Mike Rizzo's latest contract. But then again, there is a lot of change going on in the organization, and it brings up the question, is Mike Rizzo going to be part of those changes moving forward? And I'm here to say, absolutely not. That's at least what it should be. This is the guy who has done this rebuild before. He is one of the few GMs in all of baseball that has gone to a team back in 2009 that had to start up a rebuild and that finished that rebuild and it made a whole decade window of winning possible. And I say that because the Nationals didn't spend their way in the contention here. It was by the way of the draft. Drafting Steven Strasburg, drafting Bryce Harper, drafting Rendon, Giolito, all these different pieces 
to get you in the spot to actually be a successful organization. That's what Mike Rizzo has done here. So to think that Mike Rizzo could be walking at the end of the year would be a complete total disaster, especially considering the fact that we've already started this rebuild. You know, this language doesn't get used enough in the game of baseball. You hear about it in football. Let's say the Chicago Bears. A new organization and a new head of the organization with their GM comes in and they drafted Justin Fields. Let's say that was the case, which it was. They may not want that player. They may not believe looking at this trade package for Juan Soto, for example, may not be the guys that they would have wanted. And also, they may have been on the other side of give Juan Soto whatever the hell he wants so he can sign this second. So in order to do all these different things that Mike Rizzo has done and has rejuvenated this farm system, we need to make sure that the guy who has got this ball rolling down the hill is going to be here when that ball reaches the end of the road. You've drafted Brady House. You've drafted Elijah Green, Cade Cavalli. You made the decision to trade Juan Soto for that hall of prospects that you got in return to kind of re-jump this franchise. Well, it would be a complete disaster if we were to move on to someone else because you don't know what that other demon is knocking on the other door. And I'll explain that, but thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now listen to Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby, and that pod is free and available wherever you get it. So back to it, you don't want to switch up your president of baseball operations as you've already started on this rebuild. Maybe it wouldn't be a complete disaster. But I've read that book before. I've seen teams do this. And then some GMs will want to tear that rebuild apart and maybe drag it into an even longer scenario than what it could be. So with Mike Grizzo, is he the genius that maybe he once was early in the 2010s? Maybe not. But then again, he is still a respectable top 10 president of baseball operations in all of baseball in my mind. He has that title for a reason. He has been the lowest of lows. He's been to the highest of highs. Now we're back to the lowest of lows. But he's the one that has gotten out of this hole before. So I think with Mike Grizzo, if some people were to be discussing, should this be his last year with the Nationals? Fouls Mark Lerner? Absolutely not. You've gotten this thing started. Plus, you've seen Mike Rizzo do this before. You've seen him construct a championship team mostly out of guys that you inherited through the draft, through international signing. It's happened. And that is invaluable to a franchise that needs talent and needs it quick. Mike Rizzo has found it, whether we like it or not. I don't like every single one of Mike Rizzo's decisions. I'm not a big fan of all of them. I'm not the biggest fan that it took so long for him to buy into analytics. But guess what? Now he is. And now the organization is starting to develop a solid analytical side to them that will be beneficial to a team that will need it in a rebuild. So in close, all this to say, 
that Mike Rizzo going into a contract season will be an issue for the Nationals if they make it be one. And what I say by that is if you do decide to move on, and also, we don't even talk about this. Maybe Mike Rizzo is the one that wants to move on. Maybe it is. But then again, also, when you look at it from this perspective, Mike Rizzo has to be the guy moving forward. He's gotten the rebuild started. It's there. It's now there. We're in it. We're already started with it. And so to lose him now with all these assets that we have down in the minor leagues, it could be a complete disaster if the next regime doesn't see what Mike Rizzo sees with his vision as far as prospects go. Because we are starting this stockpile process to where there are guys in the minor leagues who are going to be impactful minor leaguers moving forward, and that could be a big issue if another GM or president comes in and doesn't see eye-to-eye with those players. And then again, we could be starting from square one, which we do not want to see whatsoever. So now I want to talk about Josiah Gray adding a different pitch to his repertoire. And as he kind of went into that, he got me kind of scratching my head a little bit, a little interested in what that pitch could do and what it could do for him out there on the mound and what kind of difference will it make for the second year full pro. But before that, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and threes drained. We just saw the All-Star game this past weekend, so now it's time for the NBA to get right back started and I'm going to be betting on the Milwaukee Bucks money line on Wednesday night because that's what they do. All they do is win. It's that easy. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now I'm going to get into Josiah Gray adding a new pitch to his repertoire here at the Washington Nationals. And guys, if you weren't aware of it already, Josiah Gray, his stuff minus his fastball is what has been generating his success in Major League Baseball so far. He's got a slider and a curveball and a changeup that does need work. But his slider and his curveball is definitely major league caliber for a starting pitcher. But now he's going to be adding a cutter to his arsenal. And this was his explanation of it. Because when I saw this, it was a little head scratching to see three different pitches that are going to be sliding the way that he wants it. It's a little rare to have a pitcher throw a slider, curveball, and then as well as a cutter now. So I did a little deep dive into why Gray may think it is. And this was his quote on it. Just another contact-inducing pitch to keep hitters honest. 
With hitters, they can pick up the spin on my forcing fastball pretty well. It's going to have a little bit of a rise. It's going to have a little bit of a run. If I can opposite that with a cutter that has the same sort of rise, but also has a little bit of sweep, it can open up possibilities in the zone and lead to more contact. And that was from Mark Zuckerman's piece just a few days ago on Josiah Gray. But that is an intriguing thought to this. I didn't really expect Josiah Gray to be adding another pitch to his repertoire. You already got your slider, your curveball, your changeup, and your fastball. I thought the emphasis this offseason would be on just improving that changeup into a pitch that he wants it to be. Because we saw that last year. I've talked about his fastball and how that could and should improve this season. But now he's adding a total fifth pitch to his repertoire, which I think is a good thing in total. You can never have too many pitches in baseball. That's the obvious answer here. But then again, someone who has struggled to use his changeup in different pitches like his fastball at times, this is the time where you will need to experiment and find different pitches to help locate and pinpoint some of your differences in baseball. So now, Josiah Gray with that five-pitch repertoire, I think it's going to be an interesting, slight little change of pace for the starting pitcher that we will need to see. So then again, I just wanted to add it in on that, and that is an interesting note to look out for because it'll be really interesting, to say the least, to have three pitches kind of run in similar fashions with his curveball, his slider, and now a cutter as well that we will all be watching. And then again, I think Josiah Gray will take that step up this year. But thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB Prospects pod, hosted by Lindsey Crosby, who is the prospect encyclopedia here with the Locked On Podcast Network. And that is obviously free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I will have more for you guys tomorrow as we get more news out of spring training camp. Baseball is officially just around the corner.